webheads, welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. A few weeks ago, a brand new Spider-Man movie thwipped into the theaters, and we're sure you've seen it, so we're going to tell you all about it. Everywhere I go, I see his face. You gonna be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your job. Bitch, please. You've been to space. I work with Spider-Man. You work for Spider-Man? MJ, I am Spider-Man. Are you going to step up or not? I mean, it's kind of obvious. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. Like I said, we're talking Spider-Man Far From Home, the end of the Infinity Saga. Uh, You guys saw this movie, obviously, so this is going to be another reaction episode talking about how we felt about it where we think the mcu is going next all that kind of good stuff it might be our first reaction episode with you joe i i can't remember because i know we've done detective pikachu That's oh right. endgame no you've been on endgame yeah, we as well endgame. what am i even saying but we're I mean, back we, exactly hello we're here. this is mike yeah this is your host colin uh or as i'm known in italy the night monkey <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm the Night Mikey. The Night Mikey, yeah. <laughs> uh, Spider Joe with you guys as always. Spider Joe. Uh, good to see you guys. Missed you. We're back. I am. I'm happy to be back as well, guys. Happy to be talking Far From Home. Like jo- Joe said, it's been a couple weeks since it's been out, but the big thing is, by the time you guys listen to this, readers, it's probably hit a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, first Spider-Man movie to do it. Yeah, not bad. Better. I guess, you know, superhero fatigue is fake news <laughs> apparently if it's a good enough character well, good enough story yeah well, you and, know and i was gonna say and if you're chapter 23 and you're the quote-unquote finale to a a long story it doesn't hurt as well six hours ago according to box office mojo it was at around 850 million it's it's closing in i mean yeah. it's yeah so another weekend especially one where there's comic-con news that has come out and stuff like that i'm mm-hmm. sure uh, it'll have hit that by then yeah so, what you guys been up to? I know we just came off our Stranger Things episode. Are you still getting ready for Comic-Con? Are you heading down there? It's got to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, by the time you hear this, I would have already done it. So, I, I hope you followed along on social media and had a good time. Uh, I'm sure I had a great time. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, Joe spent <laughs> a million hours getting us a bunch of exclusive toys. I'm playing with those right now. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. Yep, I got some great signed posters with the never-ending story singer. He made a surprise uh, <laughs> appearance. Yeah, the, there you go. Uh, and we'll have an episode uh, surrounding the Comic-Con buzz and news, I'm sure, down the road. So stay tuned for that. I am still grinding away at Dark Souls Soul Level 1 because I only play three video games. And that's pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb tore through the whole game. Beat it. It was uh, awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm really just kind of looking for a new TV show. I've been soliciting all of my friends off pod, you know, now that we're done with Stranger Things. I've unfortunately watched those episodes again a couple times. So really, I'm just living in that mode still. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty homebody too. I just want to play video games and stay in. But, you know, there's another guy out here who was very far from home. And we're going to talk more about him. <laughs> hey, let's dive in. Let's the talk. minute you said you were a homebody, I was, <laughs> I was like, like, why did you just say that? <laughs> See, I, I knew it was like, oh, what a great a, a segue, Mike. Mike. What a great segue. Yeah, let's hit it. I I just want to know, you know, reactions up top before we just even just jump into going beat by beat of it. Did you guys like it? I'll say up front, it might be my new favorite Spider-Man movie. This is tricky for me because I did like it. I still, it depends on what day it is. I think I prefer Homecoming, but my favorite Spider-Man movie is I'm going to be battling between that and Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus. So it depends on how my mood is. Joe? Uh... Into the Spider-Verse is still and probably always will be the best Spider-Man movie ever made. <sighs> That's a good um, one, too. I don't know. Maybe I'm not as hot on this movie as you guys. We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to see when we talk about it. Yeah, and I think we're going to be jumping around because we get uh, very tangential when we bring stuff up. So there might be spoilers coming out sooner than you think. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it and come back. You've and if seen you have, it. You've probably seen it. So just have to get that out there. No surprises here. Uh, normies like us. Far from home, Peter Parker goes on a school trip, doesn't go as planned. A mysterious guy with a globe head, is he good, is he bad? I don't know. Find out. Spider-Man Far From Home. 
<laughs> a mysterious guy. El Mysterioso Mano, I believe yeah. they call him, the right? Mysterious <laughs> the Mysterious Hand, I think is what um, you said. <laughs> oh, oh, even worse. I'll tell you though. I mean, what did you say? Uh, Peter Parker goes on a school trip and it goes awry because some guy has a problem with Tony Stark. Doesn't that sound like another Spider-Man movie we saw? It sort of does, but um, I feel like... I think that's that's Spider-Man. He's in the shadow of Iron Man. Even his villains are coming from the shadow of the legacy of Tony Stark. I think it's fitting, and I think their motivations are at least different enough. But they are similar. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, I guess, I guess we're just diving right in here. I did enjoy it. I think... Um, the Mysterio fight sequences are some of the coolest scenes in the MCU, right? Oh, yeah. The, the way they did that really feels like you're reading a comic. Best it's thing so they've ever surreal. made. When he's um, trapped in the illusions, it was better than like the shit you saw in Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Oh, a- yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I really love that. I love the chemistry between Peter and MJ. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal knocks it out of the fucking park. There is a surprise cameo that blew my mind. I'm sure it blew everyone's mind. Yeah, but that overall, whole scene blew everyone's mind. I just kind of left the theater feeling a little, uh, I don't know, like like something was missing from it for me, and I can't quite put my finger on what it was. I mean, you're a New York boy. You know, you're losing what Peter is by getting him out to Europe. It feels a little bit like an MCU checklist to me of like, look. Other than Thor the Dark World, we have really not had other shit happen on the other side of the pond. Like, let's move these things around, especially post-Endgame, where their final fight with Thanos was in upstate New York. It's like, we can't just have him do that. So do you think that was kind of bugging you, the European setting? I I think that was definitely a part of it. But also, like, thematically, it would have made sense to me if Mysterio tried to just recreate the Battle of New York by having it in New York. Like, I kind of really wish that ending battle, instead of was just on the London Bridge, because that's all you see, right, is really just the London Bridge. Mm-hmm. That that could have been the Brooklyn Bridge. That could have been any anywhere in New York. I just wish, for that ending bit, the kids would have gotten home, you thought it was over, sneak attack, it's not over. Fair enough. I'm kind of down with that. What I liked about the Europe side of it, though, is it felt so Saturday morning cartoon. Like, I loved Mysterio's backstory, where he's like, on my planet, the elementals came and they killed my family. And it's like... And Born then like, of singularities. Yeah, when you there's see There's a wave holograms. monster attacking Prague, right? And it's like, oh, we better go to Prague. You know, it's like, it's very Saturday morning cartoon, like Spider-Man and his amazing oh, friends. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah. the Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah, or you're right. It is like Spider-Man's amazing friends where you're like, like, come on, Iceman. Spider-Man and, and the friends his bad of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so I enjoy that. I don't know how much I want to give away, you know, on the front end, but, you know, there's a lot of deception in this movie right yes the whole thing so i don't know where we want to go when we want to spill the beans but on the whole i kibosh. say all of it but even just when we're touching with our general thoughts here yeah. i was i was in joe's camp and and mike you hit it perfectly you're talking deception the marketing was deception now not in that i thought mysterio was going to be the good guy because i've read a comic book and i know that that wasn't going to happen but the way that this movie was pitched was like it's not spider-man Spider-Man's not doing Spider-Man things. He's wearing a cool black suit. He's in Europe. He's fighting elementals. My Spider-Man does not fight gigantic monsters that he cannot touch. So going into it, yeah, I was like, oh, God, this movie's going to fucking suck. This movie is going to be shit. This is going to be my least favorite Spider-Man movie. It looks like it's dealing a lot again with the fallout of Tony Stark stuff. I don't really want to see that. Ah, I'm going to have to say no to this one. Then leaving the theater, I mean, once again, I did not expect to be the guy coming out of it who says that's the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Because it wasn't any of that. It's very authentic to Spider-Man. You have a kid who fucking does not want the responsibility, who just wants to spend time with his girlfriend. I mean, the the palpable chemistry of it is, is like, I just want an awkward kiss. Like, if I could get one awkward kiss by the end of this thing, I'd just be so happy. And you feel that. I mean, you you yeah. feel like he's a kid. He's not Tobey Maguire shaving as he's walking down yeah. the fucking high school hallways. Yeah, I love the, the high school elements of this. Like, because it's basically, it, it's a comedy, too, because we have to come off of Endgame, and we need to, like, kind of 
ease up on the audience. So there's like comedic elements with his classmates and stuff. Even the way oh, they're co- describing co- comedic, the, the blip. Yeah, I was going to say, Mike, comedic elements with their class. You've got Martin Starr on the airplane saying, did I tell you my wife faked being blipped? I mean, it's like yeah. we watched Hawkeye's family die a movie before this in the event that he's joking about. Yeah. That is an incredible universe where you can say, well, it was dark one day, but it's fucking comedy the next. That's a comic book. That's how comic book issues do it. And I will say I mean, that I think this movie has the most heavy lifting of any movie in the MCU to date and probably yeah. any movie until whatever the next big event is like you're following up Endgame. you you have to explain how five years passed and like some people left and some people didn't and how that affects the universe and stuff so like that is a lot more difficult than being captain marvel set in the 90s you know what i mean like you you have to kind of tie this whole world together in a way that no one else had you gotta put a bow on it and peter is literally trying to figure out how to fill the Tony Stark void as a character. This movie is trying to figure out how to do that within universe, but the tone is definitely that it opens with a high school made montage of, I will always love you. And like Getty images showing all the fallen heroes and the announcements, the Getty images, the air horns, the comic sans font. I mean, Oh, that, yeah, I couldn't believe it. They just, they are nailing these little details. You know, uh, Chris McKenna and Eric Somers, the writers of this film, this time, we should say it was just two writers. Homecoming had six plus. Where they came in as the third draft on that, I'm, I'm happy these people are sticking around. You know, I think yeah. they're the ones, the, the Daily and Francis that, that really got publicized off of Homecoming. They were the directors for Game Night. Uh, they were doing The Flash. They're not anymore. Uh, Him and everyone else in Hollywood. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm. I'm I'm proud of these two. I think they really understand who Peter Parker is. Yeah, I mean, or who I, the modern world is for kids, even. Yeah, yeah, I do yeah. think you get a good sense of like this is the first time where it doesn't just feel like Tom Holland Spider Man's like having a good time, like he's actually had to like suffer loss in a way that we've seen. And like I like in the beginning when he's getting interviewed and stuff. There's kind of that callback to Tony having PTSD after going to space, where you mm-hmm. know everyone's coming around and he's like. Are you are you an Avenger now? Are you the are you the the new guy? And he's like kind of freaking out a little bit and just has to bail. Um, you yeah. know that's that's mirroring exactly what we saw in Iron Man three post Avengers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, just it's the best treatment of teenager Peter Parker, and even just like yeah, he just wants to hold hands and smooch MJ on his Europe trip, and everything's getting in his way, and yeah. you just feel I for hope, him. I hope that's as far as it could go. If I could get one kiss. I mean, you palpably feel that from this kid of like, mm-hmm. oh, God. <laughs> yeah, if I could just have one good day. I had a plan with this girl, and it's all messed up now. It's all messed um, up. I mean, I love yeah. that in theory. I love everything we're saying. But when when you're watching it, I just... I wanted more of their chemistry. Like I, there's only a couple scenes they share together. Really? Like I needed more of that and less of like the Brad jealousy story that I don't really understand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you, you do want that in the backyard when MJ walks out to talk to Toby Maguire, when her parents are arguing, like you want to know, I don't know what this MJ's background is. I don't know who she is. I don't know what her family life is like or anything. Yeah. You just hit that on Mike. The third movie needs to explore family for these people. I think that'd be a good way to introduce the uncle Ben element as well, but whatever her home life is. Absolutely. Why Um, is she so morbid and like edgy, you know? Cassie caught this when we when we saw it. I thought it was pretty funny. When Peter first turns on Edith and he's looking at everyone's cell phones and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, MJ is texting her mother, and it just says, like, Mother, I have not heard from you in three days. Oh, which wow. is, like, just kind of interesting because it implies, like, oh, her mom's not even, like, checking in on her on yeah. vacation. And she's I like, didn't why, even why are that. you not checking in on me? Wow, shout out to Cassie. That's a great catch. That's awesome. Yeah, and I tried to see how much stuff everyone was doing on their phones because it goes by pretty quick mm. when he activates yeah. Edith. So you guys I'm sure like there's Edith? a lot of Easter eggs. No, I didn't. You did not like Edith. So this is the, you know, I was trying to think about this too because the Edith technology is one of those perfect MacGuffins that Marvel movies introduce. And I was thinking, well, Spider-Man 2, does Spider-Man 2 have something like that? It does. It has the elements that Doc Ock is using to create the super suns, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
You know, that mm-hmm. bullshit MacGuffin stuff has always been there. It didn't bug me. It was fine. I liked Edith fine. I I just don't like it. Um, I guess this is this is the last time we'll have to deal with it, I hope. Like, this whole movie felt like an in memoriam to Tony Stark. And, like, I'm ready to just let it go already. And I, I uh. hope everyone else is. Because both Homecoming and Far From Home are about spider-man getting out of the shadow of iron man right and like he doesn't really do it in either one of them yet i was hoping in this movie it would be like okay he's gone and i have to step up oh i fucked up oh i don't want to do it at all anymore like i wish there was more about peter and less about tony yeah see my argument to that is it's really more of the universe itself that he can't step out from you know tombs is a result of avengers whether tony was there or not Tombs is a result of that salvage crew getting denied that, having resentment, blah, blah, blah. Mysterio, he's more just a result of the times. He's a angry white guy who hates that superheroes are more popular than smart people. You know, that absolutely makes sense to me. Well, and Tony, you know, called his life's work barf and fired him. You know, it's like he feels (laughs) slighted that he thinks he's a super genius and he gets none of the credit, you know? Yeah. Two little writing things I loved about this movie real quick. You get those little caps and keys of early on in the first act. Well, you know, Tony and his acronyms, Edith, barf ending up being the big thing. Or Tony Revolori in the first act saying, wow, you know, that's a hero. He's almost a combination of Thor and Iron Man. You know, or Captain America, you know, talking about uh, 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 Mysterio. And then you see Spider-Man stepping up, literally becoming those characters, holding a shield, holding a little mace, you know, like Thor, powered by an arc reactor, like Iron Man. I mean, he is the ultimate Avenger. He's the embodiment of all three of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I do yeah, like I think... that. I like that it's moving forward. I just, um, it felt like we spent a little too much time dwelling on Tony for a Spider-Man movie. It's, but it's like in the wake of Endgame, it's, I understand the Spider-Man movie want it to be more about Spider-Man and I hope going forward that's what we do, but they said this whole movie is propping up the direction of the next phase of the MCU, so they have to deal with that. Um, I do want to get back to the villain, right? Mysterio, because we all knew even in the trailers, like he looks like he's a good guy, but we don't live under a rock. We've read comic books, seen the cartoons. We knew he was going to be the bad guy. How do we think Jake Gyllenhaal did? I love this portrayal, and I always thought Mysterio was boring. And much like the Vulture, they made him super interesting to me. Yeah, I will say, uh, so Mysterio was first introduced all the way back in 1964, Amazing Spider-Man number 13. I think he is a C-list villain for Spider-Man at best. And just like you said with Vulture, like they, they make him so interesting and so entertaining. This is my favorite version of that character. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, I love I'm, the drones and stuff. Colin, what's your take on I'm it? kind there? of the opposite way, where growing up as a kid, my A-listers that I would like Mount Rushmore out for Spider-Man were Mysterio and Venom, where I was like, look, those wow. are the two that get it. Uh, and, you know, I, I would argue reinvent. Yeah, you're just selling him exactly what it was. The first appearance Mysterio ever did was pin Spider-Man as a villain and say, I'm actually a hero. Well, great. <laughs> yeah, the, yep. what a perfect adaptation of that. And it's the same uh, It's the same plot they used in the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s that yep. we all loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do the same exact thing there. And, like, you know, it's just a really good way to update the character in a way that you're not really changing his origin all that much. Sure, he doesn't work in special effects, but his main costume, his actual villain uniform in this is a green screen suit. Yeah, it's a special effects suit. Projection. And like he is dealing with holograms, which what greater illusion can we have than realistic holograms, right? Yeah. So it's totally in the same vein. I love the use of flying drones to project. Like you said, it's a good update because it's not smoke and mirrors anymore. It's drones and machine guns. Well, and I'm it's, okay it's, with it. It's beyond that. It's the modern every adaptation. What is he? He's a troll. I mean, he's an internet troll. He yeah. he he does tactics. It's not even the smoke smoke and mirror. Quentin Beck and I have a question of Quentin's real because at one point he says that the imaginary soldier Quentin and does air quotes, and then from that point on everybody just calls him Beck. So who who is this character? I have no idea. That you couldn't have been he, his name when he worked for Stark. No, exactly. He had to have a totally fake name because he had to trick Shield into right, not even not knowing, knowing who he, who he is. Was. Plus, when Edith scanned him, it would probably say you're actually this person but no it never does interesting but uh i mean like 
one of the first things that he does is in the middle of combat, you know, in, in those bigger moments where we are stuck in the Mysterio illusions, is talk the entire time. You know, that's what a troll does. He does not let you stop to collect your thoughts. He does not let you do the rebuttal. It's just, boom, more and more and more and more distractions and monologue. And I thought you were going to go back to the girl, man. You said you were going to, but you came back to me. And this is what you get because of this. You know, and you just feel so riled up. Spider-Man's punching things behind him. He's confused. Boom, he's hit by the train. I mean, that small moment where we cut back and see what he's literally really seeing is just a white guy fiddling with basically his eye watch while two little, you know, drones fly next to him. And that's enough to kill Spider-Man. That's incredible. Yeah. The whole movie is about your perception, right? I can go down a list. Like, Ned wanted to be perceived as this womanizer. Then he gets a girlfriend. He's found out. Happy wanted to be perceived as not with Aunt May. He gets found out. I'm not a hero. I want to be a normal kid. I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And then Zendaya finds out. MJ finds that out. The uh, Remy He character, Brad, he looks like a nice guy he's an asshole like the whole movie is riddled with this stuff and it's all about perception and like control of information even if you go to the very end so yeah oh, just the last words that mysterio says is people believe whatever they see and this is i think the biggest tell of the movie right because they are setting up the direction of where the entire mcu is heading and the last thing the villain says is people will believe anything these days I mean, that's like, are we going to do Secret Invasion? Are we going to have scrolls replacing characters because people will believe anything? Are we going to see the Dark Avengers rise because people will believe they're heroes because Mysterio was a hero? You know, like, you never know what is real and what isn't real. I think that's going to end up being the biggest come out of this movie, even more than the uh, post-credit reveal, I think. Mm. Even the discussion of the multiverse uh, seemingly debunked, we know that it exists because of Doctor Strange. Like, they address that, yes, there's multiple universes and outcomes, so it's there. Yeah, I mean, Aunt that's May. the whole point of Endgame. And Ant-Man, right? yeah. yeah. I was going to say have... Ant-May calling him and saying, oh, is that Mr. Strange that you met? His name's Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> and the same uh, thing, your name's Mr. Doctor it's pretty strange maybe <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. to you um i don't yeah. like how aunt may was like a spider-man fangirl mm. that kind of really bugged me about the character um mm. and that's like, the only know, thing <laughs> yeah it bugged yeah, me pretty much uh but like it kind of just goes into like my whole problem with the movie in general or kind of the way they've, they've done spider-man is like aunt may should hate that he's doing this she said she right. should hate that like he blipped out and like when he came back could have died again because he was fucking fighting thanos like that should drive her up a wall a little bit like she shouldn't be like oh you better pack your suit you better be spider-man well i guess what does it cost you as a filmmaker to give us the payoff of that scene you know the ending to homemaking is fuh cut away she is worked up (laughs) and you know it's fine to say that well, yeah, but we had two more movies with Spider-Man since then, Infinity War and Endgame, so obviously we had to get around those. Okay, that's fine. This is the sequel to that first movie, though. I need to see the payoff for that moment. You do the exact same thing in this one, ending it on the fuh. You're telling me we're going to get that payoff because I guarantee you he's going to pop up in New Avengers, quote-unquote, before whatever we call Spider-Man Home from the Dance or whatever uh, number three yeah, is going to Spider-Man be Graduation Day is my yeah, guess. There you go. Um, oh, I, there think, you go. I think it's going to, like you said, I think it's, you know, it's a big reveal. Like, ooh, everyone knows he's Spider-Man. I think it's going to be a post-cred for Captain Marvel 2. Oh, our buddy the scroll you know, appeared to be Peter at the same time Peter swings by, problem solved. Like, I don't think, uh, I don't think we're going to see a big payoff to that. If there would have, you would have just put it in the movie. You wouldn't have made it the post credit. See, that's what kills me about yeah. it is like, the thing I loved most about this movie, outside of the Mysterio fights, because I fucking adored those, was mm-hmm. the, the awkward kiss, the, the final like, oh my God, they're together, the Ramon song playing as they're web swinging together, uh, you know, him in New York, like, being in his place. Are the greatest hits, yeah, yeah of and, him swinging around. And then you just have, like, oh, my God, J. Jonah Jameson just fucking outed me with Mysterio. I'm J.K. Simmons comes back, yeah. but yeah. And it's now, like, that's, that's the movie I want, man. <laughs> like, that's what I wish this movie was, or I wish the next one would be, and, like, I'm just not yeah. holding my breath for it. 
Yeah, I mean, so the end credit scene, yes. You know, we defeat Mysterio and we find out that he edited together a video that makes Spider-Man look like the villain, gave it to J. Jonah Jameson, and then he also reveals the identity as Peter Parker. Where does that go? I think we should go ahead and take a quick break and come back and we'll talk about the future and any other lingering thoughts on this movie right after this. All right, we're back, and we were just kind of talking the post-credit scene and the implications of that, and as well as kind of did it land or miss. Uh, Joe wanted that exact movie of now we know his identity. What happens now? And that it seems like that's a Spider-Man Four thing. I mean, if it's not, that's what a failure. Yeah, yeah. well, because that's like to me, that's the first time like we're really going to get a good Spider-Man story out of it because this Spider-Man and Tom Holland has even said in it in, in interviews, like he thinks of a Peter Parker as like a go lucky kid. And like, that's kind of who he is. So that's like how it plays off so well. That's not Spider-Man to me. Spider-Man is like this, you know, like has the guilt and, and sense of responsibility of like a 70 year old man, mm. but he's a kid. Um, but not brooding. No, not brooding, uh, but just like a little overwhelmed. And you mm. never really get that sense with this one. Now you're going to have a Spider-Man that really has to take the sense of responsibility, right? Like, he has to go out there and save the city, do the right thing, even though everyone hates him. That, to me, is more Spider-Man. And there's that quote that they use, uneasy is the head that wears the crown, which is like an ancient version of, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Mike, I didn't even think about that. That was definitely them getting around that quote. Yeah, they still used it. Um, There was apparently a cut scene where he's selling his Star Wars toys, Disney, in order to pay for the trip. Like, I miss that aspect. Like you said, Joe's struggling. Like, the rent's always tough. Like, that's what we need more of. And now he has all the tech and all the money, thanks to Tony. It's not the same Spider-Man. So I understand that. Uh, Mike, you will get that scene in a short film called, like, To-Do List or something like that. Uh, oh wow! That's Peter Parker's also, to do list. Yeah, is that what it is? Peter Parker's to do list. That's also going to include like the Iron Man uh, or Iron Spider suit, where he's talking to the cops at the robbery and that getting wasn't his in passport there. and all that stuff that was cut. Um, the so, return of Mister Delmar, the bodega owner. Yeah, so that's all going to be um, you know a short film included with the Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Well, that makes cool. My Peter I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't Peter you just release Tingle. the movie again and put that beforehand? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, well, that was another thing, too. Yeah, the, the scenes that aren't in the final movie, but we see that a hey, lot Hey, you guys say that, boy. I don't I don't ever need to see that iron suit again. The Please, scenes I'm done in with the... Uh, I don't love the suit, either. The the homeless, you know, um, meeting that they were at. The feast or, that they don't call feast. <laughs> yes, yeah. from the video game. I just, it's almost like he had no neck, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I hate like, the fucking I just can't even suit. look at well, it. And then, like, when it he takes awkward. it off, too, yeah. and it's like you have the, like, Captain America... Uh, Chainmail. Chainmail, yeah. almost. Like, I'm I'm so glad we're moved away from that. I'm so glad he designed his own suit. Yeah. That um, was one of the... Again, too heavy on Tony for you, maybe, with the AC... I mean, Led Zeppelin, you know. Yeah, oh, see, see, here's the thing. guys, it, I'm loving these homages. I can't believe they're turning you off. I liked it. It wasn't too heavy to me to have him doing it and have Happy look back and be like, wow, I get it. Like, he, he's the new Tony now. Like, like that's enough of a moment for me. And then having the, the ACDC on top of it is just like, yeah. you just want to live too far. I, like, he, there's a painting of Iron Man in almost every fucking shot of that movie. What, does I the know- world know that Iron Man is the one who snapped like Thanos away. I'm guessing. How would they know that? Do they release comic books in that world of what really happened? I don't know. It also said in memoriam, you know, Cap. Cap's there. Technically. <laughs> uh, like, no love for Black Widow. Nobody <laughs> like, drew a like, Black Widow photo, yeah. yeah and yeah. no one gives a shit that, like, Hulk's really the one who brought them back. But yeah. again, why would they know that? I like, was wondering when he was listing off, you know, all the people who are whatever. Well, Hulk's still around, though, right? Hulk's still around, but they have said that, like, his arm's permanently fucked. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's why you can't say, we'll get Hulk to do it. Yeah. Um, I do. I, so while we're talking about Endgame and Far From Home a little bit, uh, was anyone else a little confused by the Brad character? 
Because, like, here's the thing. The the blip was five blipped, years, yeah. right? Yeah. Five years. Uh, Aunt May makes a point to say, like, you know, my apartment, there were new people living in it. Like, yeah. life did go on. It's yep. been five years. High school lasts four years. They were sophomores in homecoming. Oh, they say that he was, he's a younger sibling of one of their kids classmates that he used to run around crying and stuff oh okay because yeah. so he like, wasn't in high, okay yeah, he, he was like... not one of their peers to start okay okay i, I that, that bothers me a lot less than because i was like it's been five years that guy should not be around he's, he's really dumb yeah he's like 20 <laughs> go away what I, do you guys think about that that character brad uh remy Yi from uh he was in Marco Polo and Crazy Rich Asians. Um. Oh, I did not know that. So his character, Mike, is an homage. His character's name is the name of the Molten Man character that the Fire Elemental was based on. We also got the shout-out by Tony Revolori, who talks about Bench, um, yeah. which is the real name of uh, Hydro Man, when, when he says, well, you know, BuzzFeed has this article that this guy might be the reason that blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought he was fine. You know, like Joe said, it's cool to include a romantic rival for Peter. I didn't think it needed to be that kid. I didn't I also... think it needed to be that big yeah. of it. Like the whole like, ooh, he caught him changing with a girl and took a picture. And like, I could have done without all of that. You know what I well, mean? Well, here's, let me counter you here then. He is just a parallel and a foreshadowing of the Mysterio beats where it's like a guy who looks nice. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I'm Brad, you know? Then he gets information that's not true and tries to twist it in his favor. Turns out to be a bad guy. Same way like he wasn't about to have sex with that Russian spy lady. Uh. But you can twist the information, right? Same way Peter Parker didn't kill anybody with the drones. Now it's been flipped. So I like that he's like a parallel foreshadowing of what Mysterio's arc will be. Sure. I just would have liked to spend that 15 to 20 minutes of screen time with more Peter and MJ scenes. Okay. Give Ned something more to do. Oh, like, I like Ned in this one. I, I like Ned and Betty's relationship if it wasn't just like a one-note joke the entire time. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I wish there was a little more... I guess you do get the one scene where he's like, hey, I'm sorry I'm busy. I'm still your man in the chair. Like, that's enough, I, I, I just guess. don't even need that. But he was never in the chair know, for yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. yeah. No. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and she it just was felt in a, a little like, here's the one joke, and that's it. And it's like, okay, well, then why do we keep cutting back to them nine million times if you're not going to do oh, yeah. I mean, more character talking about with that, it? That, that was J.B. Smoove to me the entire time. Yeah, Mr. him too. Dell, um, I was like, that oh. guy was a... Like, he was like Peter's Martin driving Star. instructor, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, and he was true. like, literally, like, he made the witch joke three times. Yeah, that's and right. That was I was it. like, cool, man. Um, there was just, yeah. like, little things like that. Little moments that add up to probably about 30 to 45 minutes of screen time that I wish we had more chemistry built between MJ and Peter because Zendaya and Tom Holland are fucking awesome together. Like, I believe her so much as MJ and him as Peter. I wish we just had more time with them together. Yeah, you get that opening scene at the uh, in the cafeteria. Sup, nerds. They're talking about his plan with Ned and then just looking... Back and forth for a lot of it. Yeah, you know? and then, like, it's really, you know, on the bridge when she's like, oh, you're Spider-Man. Oh, we uncovered the whole big mystery. Um, I wish that came a little sooner. And, like, Colin, we we both thought Chameleon was in this movie for a long time. I, I kept expecting, and maybe I, it's because I yeah. knew that that was a rumor. Did that Was that guy a scroll? I mean, the, the fact that... Like <laughs> yeah, the fact that Nick Fury kept saying to... Uh, uh, Akan Numar, I believe, is the name of yeah. the actor, Dimitri. And this is Dimitri. It's like, okay, <laughs> I've never seen this character before. I know who Maria Hill is. She's barely had lines over the course of these 23 yeah. films. I don't need you introducing another bit player in the background. I thought, um, because I, yeah. I had heard the rumor that Chameleon was in it, I thought Nick Fury's performance was just off the entire time. Yeah, I kept, I kept expecting, like, that oh, he would Nick be in a, a hologram or chameleon. Uh, yeah. yeah, that Nick Fury was chameleon working with yeah. Mysterio to trick everybody. Because like there were just certain things he would say where it would be like, that didn't really sound like Nick Fury at all. And then you get the reveal in the post cred scene like, oh, it doesn't sound like Nick Fury because it wasn't Nick Fury. That makes sense. Again, deception is everything. This whole movie. Th- appearances you know, can't always be trusted. Um, you know that line that they kept using in the trailer? 
bitch, please, you've been to space. Yeah. Like, th- that never landed for me. I thought it was yeah. so dumb. But it never now, felt like, like, I know why. Fury yeah, either. now you know why. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, and also, did you catch when uh, he says, like, Captain Marvel? His response is, don't, don't invoke, invoke her. her name. Yeah. <laughs> Scrolls love her. But again, so. self aware. Have oh, scrolls lover, yeah. been on our planet? Were they around when the original Avengers Battle of New York occurred then? Could Nick have called on the scroll armada at any point? Because it, it seems like Talos hangs out with him quite a bit. I think it's just Talos, whoever Talos's right-hand woman was, and like a couple others. Right. That seems um, to be his wife, yeah. Soran. Yeah. And then here you have the big setup of like... Okay, so that's the end. The, the final post cred scene is like, well, where the fuck is Nick Fury? Yeah. What is he doing in space? Is this the birth of S.W.O.R.D. that we're seeing? That's or? what I was lo- thinking as well. It looks like S.W.O.R.D. We're in space. I think it's... We have a clear di- distinction between our Earth-level heroes and our space-level threats now. But and yeah, like but a- Nick Fury commands a space armada now? Yeah, like where... Is is Nick Fury essentially the Watcher? Like yeah. he is in in Secret Wars too. Um, mm. Are we heading towards Secret Wars? Are we going to have a big battle against all the heroes and villains? Is that what it's working yeah. towards? Is it working towards Secret Invasion? This is kind of the like, you know, uh, post cred scenes. They're typically one for the movie universe character and then one for the MCU as a whole. That was the MCU one. I agree with you. I agree with you. You have an MCU one and a character one. So let's go ahead and we're going to talk speculation for where this character and this universe as a whole is going because this was the epilogue of Phase 4. Who knows what is in store for this We're back. We're talking predictions and the post-cred, post-cred scene where it's revealed that, you know, Nick Fury's out in space and he's building a space defense force for the higher level threats that have a space become force. known to us. The yeah, space it's force. kind of like Original Sin where he becomes the unseen or yeah. the man on the wall, oh, quote original unquote, sin, that's right. like Bucky that. does as well. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, Joe. Maybe that's where that's going. Uh, yeah, in the ground level... People knowing you know, the the two post grad scenes, space is crazy. The world is nuts because now we know who this one superhero is, and people will believe anything. And people will believe anything. Uh, in the Fallout world of the Sokovia Accords, it does seem like yeah, Peter is the only hero who hasn't told his identity. But you know, we get a joke. I know it's offhand, but that there are European ones, like the Night Monkey, quote-unquote, or these others. Obviously, other heroes exist, and we know from the Netflix shows, fucking Jessica never had to sign a paper, or Luke, you know, seemingly never had to do anything. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. don't really do yeah, too much. So I'm not too... I I really don't care about the fallout. I it's just It just reminds me of, of bad storylines where i'm worried now that like spider-man's gonna sell his soul to make everybody forget that's what i'm curious do you think we're working towards brand new day i don't know dude (laughs) i mean don't you think spider-man can have people vouching for him like look here's the technology here's the drone look I made a water demon. Like, like well, this is all bullshit. Joe like, said about like if I see a scroll in the next one too, it's like that almost kind of makes this world too big. And I know that's dumb to say about this gigantic ensemble piece where I'm looking at all the movies and the TV and reading the comics and it all adds together. But I kind of don't want the easy out in a Spider-Man world where you can say. We'll just call up the alien on the phone and he'll and pretend to be me. It, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Um, I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's, I think they've done a great job of putting the MCU in Spider-Man. I think they've done a pretty bad job of putting Spider-Man in the MCU. Like, we're not seeing things like Oscorp. We're not developing really right. strong relationships with his characters. Yeah. His villains don't even really care about him. He's an afterthought. They're going after Tony. You say that. Oh, yes. Yes. They're not personal towards Peter. But, that's but true. But real quick to that, I mean, you know, that's the joke that everybody says about Spider-Man villains. Batman villains are the mentally ill. Spider-Man villains are, are the blue collar. You know, the unemployed. Yeah. yeah I, I like that because... 
again, they're not even really... Mysterio wouldn't even be really an Iron Man villain. He would just be a villain of... The well, <laughs> yeah, you used to be the richest, you know, most powerful person in, in charge. Now it deserves to be me because I feel slighted by you. That's what Spider-Man has always gone up against. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do think it's interesting, too, like, the future of Spider-Man movies. Like, I like that we could live in a universe where people are going to hate Spider-Man. Aunt May could get fucking kidnapped or killed. Like, the stakes are finally real to me. And you have two of the original Sinister Six members introduced already and wonderfully played by two great actors. Um, wasn't Scorpion also an original Sinister Six member? Not an original, but okay. one I could easily see put in there. Slotted in there yeah. because he was in the prison. I, I see... Um, what's the director's yeah. name? Watts. Oh, John Watts. John Watts. John Watts has said like his dream villain is Craven. Craven is a third yeah. original Sinister Six member. That's how I would do it. It seems like, yeah, we're marching towards two dest- two destinations, if I may. P- Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Seems like Sinister Six is the way to go. And then I look at the MCU as a whole, and obviously with the Skrull and stuff, we could be taking steps towards Secret Invasion and Secret Wars, which is where the symbiote suit comes from. Maybe, Tom, I'd see that like as a 10-year plan. Yeah. Like, oh, that might be the new endgame is Secret Wars, and then we get Venom back. The Russo brothers said, like, when they come back to the MCU, they want to come back for Secret Wars. So I'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there in our 40s. (laughs) Let let me say this, though, real quick. Uh, I totally agree with you, Joe. Prior to this movie, I would have said, like, this is kind of a watered-down Spider-Man. We really only get the things that Sony's allowing us to. There is no Oscorp yet. There is no Ben Parker uh, you know, supposedly they were going to do that Silver and Black, the Silver Sable and Black Cat movie for Sony that would have had Norman Osborn as the bad guy. Going. Yes, where supposedly Marvel said, like, no, we want Norman Osborn. So, eh, maybe. But I think all of that is trumped out by the limitless possibility of J.K. Simmons. Yeah. To everybody who ever said, like, well, you know, Tom Holland's not really Spider-Man. I mean, you know, there's no Daily Bugle, and you know, it's not like Spider-Man Two, where I get every element that I love. No, it's, guess it's what, real. fuckers? <laughs> it's you can inject it, and it's just in there. And that's that's what I'm so excited for. Is like someone's gonna call him a menace in the next yes! movie, and like yes! that's what I've been missing. Is like a kid who his bully is the leader of his fan club everyone fucking hates him he's poor but he still has to go out and save the day against like rich assholes get no respect it's Roddy Dangerfield the yeah, Spider-Man but Spider-Man <laughs> yeah Jabberjaw the hero um, yeah so I have a this is like a my my perfect world vision where it's like since J.K. Simmons is back it's like ah the multiverse is real and then we can get Toby back we the can get Garfield back, real. and they could all be just a live-action Spider-Man. Shattered, shattered web, it. bro. Yeah, well, I, yeah don't I, I don't need it. Um, I mean, I hope they keep doing it with the Spider-Verse movies, but I don't need it in the real movies. And I love the version that they've created of, you know, the the Info Wars ripoff. That yes, is the yes. David even bald. Do you guys like bald? I don't, I don't yeah. mind bald because you yeah. couldn't have him look exactly the same. I, 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 if you're making the guy literally do it again, make him look exactly the same. That's I was fair, saying to, I said like, with Jacob, I was like, why? Why is it just him? Who fucking cares? It could be anybody. I wish it was John C. McGinley. Like, that would be my dream cast. Terry Crews. I said Terry oh, Crews a thousand Crews times. Terry Crews' energy. Get me pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would be insane. Um, Ripping phone books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm excited that like there are elements of Spider-Man coming back into. But Spider-Man. do you need things fixed? Let me ask you that. Do you need MJ to be? My name is actually Mary Jane, like that. Yes. No, I don't need that. Okay. It's 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 fine. You know, versions are different, right? Like, well, but people could say parts of it are broken but what you're saying is if it is just let it be yeah i mean yeah. also like that's an easy retcon because like we don't know her family life oh she could say her name dog is Michelle, her well, i would say let me say this to you guys real quick mm-hmm. 
Uh, do you know who the villain, the Jackal, is, Mike, to Spider-Man? Oh, my God. <laughs> the Jackal sounds like he'd probably be in a Punisher arc. But... <laughs> well, actually, yeah, he was kind yeah. of introduced right after Punisher. So mm. the Jackal is this guy named Miles Warren. Green Goblin and Doc Ock are obviously the two arch nemesises to Spider-Man, Venom as well. The Jackal, to comic book fans, the Jackal is like the guy who fucks with Peter Parker the most. The one though. who's done the most damage. Yeah, like he's like the actual villain of the Spider-Man universe. <laughs> and the ones that Spider-Man fans hate the most. Yes, the yeah, I would time. say. I would pitch in the next one. We know she's a weird girl. Let's find out why she is. Miles Warren's her dad. And guess what? Mm. He's been moving around. He's also in witness protection, which Peter's going to have to go to. They're doing Project Date Night. You know, he's he has to stay in the Avengers Tower. He's under watch. It's Maria Hill and stuff. He's allowed out once to see MJ that week. That's where we open with the film. He meets the dad. Hi, I'm Miles Warren. Blah, blah, blah. We find out later. He used to go by Dr. Watson. You know, that they've moved around so much. He changed her name, Michelle Johnson. She used to be Mary Jane. Yeah, yeah. I would do all that bullshit. That's fine. Who fucking cares yeah. at this point? I don't, like, I don't need it. I'll take it if you're going to yeah. give it to me. What I need is for everyone to get over Iron Man. Mm. I need the next movie to make, at most, one to two reference to Tony. Yeah. I need it to be about... No matter what, the villain is not going to be tied. If it is Craven, he's going to be the guy who's hired because they know his name now, and yeah. you're the guy who's going to go get him. You're the mercenary who can exactly. Get him. You're the only one who can. Yeah, he's him. not going to be some guy who's like, but also Tony, Tony Stark, Stark didn't pay me that life. money. He didn't fund my project. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about the Punisher could come in here too? I oh, mean, sure. Mike, that would be because we've already Tom Holland and John Barenthal have done a couple movies together. Yeah. You know, he's one of the reasons that he got the Spider-Man part. He says, "I know they have chemistry." Fucking put that maniac into the mix. Oh, I'll tell you. Here, I would here's lose my it. fantasy. Yeah. The next movie is Craven the Hunter is the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, MJ is now Mary Jane. We set up the clone saga with Miles. I, I'm not kidding. That stuff that I said, uh, I would turn it out that she's not the real MJ. I'll, that I'll she take, was like the second I'll one. I'll take all of yeah. that madness. And then the reveal at the end is that Craven was hired by the Kingpin. You got Vincent D'Onofrio as oh, the Kingpin. Because like... Ooh. I've seen this thrown out. go against each other, I'd be so happy. Uh, Peter's identity gets revealed. Then you get the spider killers. He's got oh, the spider slayers. Yeah, Peter's identity's been revealed. He's gonna need a lawyer. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> See, like that's. Can all, you like, imagine? <laughs> that's your Earth level humans, though. Like that's. But I and, I, here's it. the thing, Charlie Cox. I wouldn't even put him in the fucking suit. He's Matthew Murdock the whole time. Yeah. That's all you would need. Yeah, he's that, just kayfabing it to me. Peter. Like he's yeah. keeping oh, it secret too. I would do. Um, I would. That, I mean, that's mostly how it is in the comics. You know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, he doesn't really ever like. Like I, I don't think they ever. I think, I think for the first like ten to fifteen years of their relationship, they are their secret identities are separate from each other. Yes. Like they don't tell them at all. But what I will That's say awesome. is, you know, when people say for a long time, and I've said this to Joe a thousand times off pod, but when people say like, I don't really like this Spider Man because he does seem like he's baby Marvel, blah blah blah. That animated series that we grew up with, the nineteen nineties Spider Man the animated series season one, it's all Spider Man. It's five seasons. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Season yep. two, the first episodes are introduce the Punisher. Okay, introduce right after Daredevil. that, introduce Daredevil as Blade. Matthew Murdock. Okay, introduce Blade. Yeah. Literally, introduce the Night Hunters. Introduce this. Peter Parker, Spider-Man is part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He's embedded in the DNA. You have to see how everyone else interacts with him. I like this cocktail. I like that, but I want to see more Spider-Man in it and less like Iron Man. Everyone's every one of the villains is because of the Avengers or because of like Iron Man. I want someone who's like, "Oh, Peter got into that fucking charter school and my kid didn't, so I'm going to like fucking murder that teenager." Like I want more shit like Oh, I'm I'm Harry Osborn, and I was five years younger you, than yeah. you, but now we're the same age. Ooh, I would love that. Like, like oh, the, the yeah. blip gives you the opportunity to introduce characters that never existed before because they were five years younger, like Brad, um, and, who like you know fucking make him Molten Man down the line and make it like, oh my God, is the multiverse real? What was Quentin telling the truth yeah. about, and what was he lying about? Because he Wait, never there- tells Spider Man like. I'm doing this because I hate Tony Stark, right? right? He just gives that speech to his buddies. No, I mean, he never learns that. 
Yeah, he just says you should have walked away and gone on your date. Yeah. Um, I love the scene when Mysterio is talking to Peter on the roof, like, hey, man, Fury felt pretty bad. You know, and it's like, it's like, damn, dude, like you look like Peter Parker from another universe, like looking at yourself. Like, I thought they might go in that direction. Can like I say about that scene real quick? Uh, yeah. So John Watts, the director, has been getting on social media again. This is a couple of weeks after the movie's come out. We're seeing a bunch of Easter eggs that he's planted all over the movie. So Mysterio can never fly. What we obviously know is that he's walking around playing with his wrist man the entire time. So when we see that Mysterio come up and say, hey, I know Nick was yelling at you. Are you okay? When we see Spider-Man, there's a shot behind him of a door open. That's how he is walking out and meeting him to sit down next to him and pretend that he's the real body. Because otherwise, Peter's got the tingle sense. He'd know he's talking to a hologram the entire time. Oh, wow. Some other cool stuff. The first time that he's at the airport, Jake Gyllenhaal's there. He's in the background in a Hawaiian shirt with with a ball cap on, just walking around in the back of the scene. He's been following Peter and known who he is since the start of the movie. Yeah, because it's all the trick. It's a big old gap. That's I dig it. Amazing. I had no idea. I dig a lot of that stuff. I really did enjoy it overall. I just felt like something was missing, and by the end of the movie, it made it's me a big spider-shaped puzzle piece, like literally yeah, right in the middle of the puzzle. Fit it in, man. And it's like they, I kind of uh, felt like how I did leaving Deadpool. I was like, that was all right. I'm really excited for Deadpool too. And then I didn't like Deadpool. Yes. Too. So I'm a right. little nervous about the future. But if everything we just pitched happens, I'm super excited. Yeah. I like that it's fresh. Like, all right, his identity is revealed. Jameson's back, which isn't like fresh, but it's like, okay, we got a, We got a, some new stuff going on. Marissa Tomei is going to have to live with Happy in the Avengers Tower because she's not yeah. safe. They all got an apartment up there. It's a and weird family dynamic. she's such a Spider-Man fangirl when she realizes like, oh, someone's trying to stab my nephew like in the fucking face. Yes. That's like you're open. It's, it's like they're not safe at the street. And like you're not safe amongst normal people. Yeah. You're not Aunt May. Peter's oh, yeah. not. Yeah, that's how yeah. you open it. There's yeah. also like really weird consequences. Think about the post cred from Homecoming. You have Scorpion going up to Vulture and being like, "Hey, I heard you know who Spider Man is. I want to cut his head off and put it in a dryer." And like Vulture lies and covers it. What's going to happen when Scorpion finds out that Vulture right. lied, or that you know, like that everybody like there's already a character who wants to fucking kill Spider Man. It's now Scorpion. I know your name. Yeah, and I just bomb your school why do i give a shit yeah. you know i'll fucking murder you can't everyone. go to school you can't anything do anything yeah so it changes the dynamic for spider-man hopefully yeah we get more of that spider-man as joe said um can i ask one last question is mm-hmm. beck dead do you guys think mysterio has bitten the bullet now he puts the glasses on says edith are all the illusions done edith responds with he's really gone peter even that guys you know, Peter Billingsley, who plays his henchman, you know, the guy who's the crossover from the first Iron Man movie, we saw him with the little USB plugged into the glasses. He's hacking in. He's done the diagnostic. We have no idea that Edith isn't compromised. See, here's my thing. It doesn't matter if Quentin Beck is dead. Mysterio will never die because he is the amalgamation of all of these people that fucking hate Tony Stark, right? Like, it doesn't matter that Jake Gyllenhaal di- died. He's an illusion. You could still have him as an illusion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter that he does he doesn't exist. There's a costume designer. There's a seismic expert. There's a drones expert. Seismic expert. You know, Which like, think about it as like was the cult awesome. of Quentin. That was you know? awesome. So a Sinister Six could exist of five real people and a single drone that they call Mysterio. Yeah, that is, you know, a team like, you know, and like I would do it where like the other Sinister Six, six members... <laughs> the other sinister sex oh, uh, that they don't even know that he's not real. Oh, that like, would, be would be really just have cool. It yeah. Be like, wait a minute, that guy's been a hologram the whole fucking time. Like, yeah, that would be great. I, like, I love I this portrayal. Matter. He's an AI. Yeah. Like, I don't think it matters that he's gone because Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't Mysterio. They were all Mysterio. Right. And people will believe name. anything. Yeah. yeah. Mike, is he alive? Is he dead? Like like Joe said, it doesn't matter if Edith is all knowing. Then he's probably gone. But it like, well, it matters it, to me because I really like that handsome face under that fishbowl. Oh, I think that face. <laughs> they would can still, still have his around. face. Oh, they better. I think his voice would still be around. Okay. Like I think it would still be Jake Gyllenhaal. And can we say he's had from the press tours and stuff a fucking ball in this oh, movie? Man. It's going to end up being the most successful film, uh, usurping his, uh, believe it or not, number three. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
His favorite uh, uh, superhero movie is the Care Bears movie. We learned that on the press <laughs> yeah. tour. He's wow, been having a ball. He's, he's losing his mind. <laughs> well, he was almost Spider-Man back in the yeah, back Maguire in number days, two, which is why I thought the multiverse thing was so tasty of a snack. Like, ooh, what if this is Peter from another universe? And I, you know. before this movie came out, Mike, I was like, he's Peter Parker from another world. I was so fucking I on was board so with that stuff. I never bought that there would be a multiverse. A multiverse. Yeah. I always thought that that would be a lie. But overall, I love this Mysterio. I want more Mysterio. Even if the human is dead, the character will live on, I think, definitely for the Sinister Six. Give me pictures of Mysterio. Do you guys remember the first um, movie, Tobey Maguire video game for PlayStation, where you interact with Mysterio and they adapted him to that movie world where he was a alien, quote-unquote, who was invading the Statue of Liberty, and it turned out that those were drones and he was a special effects guy? I remember... I mean, you know, again, kid of the 90s being like, fuck, they cracked it. That all makes sense. That's a really cool way to do this guy. It was going to be uh, Bruce Campbell for the long yeah, time. Yeah, 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 in the movies. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was a, he was at the theater. He was at the wrestling thing. Very theatrical type yeah. disciplines. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately, I'm glad we got the version of Mysterio we did. Um, knocking yeah. it out of the park with the fucking spider-man villains let's keep them going the best the best in the marvel universe i'm gonna put up there vulture and mysterio are better than thanos uh <laughs> what's the iron better than well, better than bane yeah. yeah what's gonna happen when they actually give us like the jackal or you yeah know, like somebody that Green met Goblin. and i know that they've said like well, you got to understand, Kevin Feige knows that Spider-Man 2 is like the holy grail of superhero films, so he's never going to touch those characters. Once again, J.K. Simmons throws that all out the door, guys. We yeah. might get Doc Ock again, and I'm fucking stoked for that. Me too, man. Oh, yeah. It's a bright, bright future for Spidey. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this twisted web that we weave as we do the uh, final thoughts on Spider-Man Far From Home. All right, we're back. We're here. We're, we're far from home. Now we're getting closer to our destination. We're about to wrap this thing up. Spider-Man, far from home. Highest grossing Spider-Man movie ever. We all seem to enjoy it, albeit had some individual criticisms. Final thoughts? Uh, we talked about product placement in our Stranger Things episode. Flying United. I mean, <laughs> I saw, I saw thousands. <laughs> of Audi. Yeah, driving I, Audis. <laughs> Oh, man, when that Audi gets blasted by a laser beam and then they show the top shot and it just has a sprinkling of dust. Uh, yeah. Um, you know. Just final thoughts. You know, Joe said it before. The best moments are the Mysterio fights. They're straight out of comic book covers, like the one where he's in the snow globe and he pulls up. That is Sick. a famous Spider-Man comic cover. And it's, like, incredible. The one where he's falling through the green shards and it looks like webs all around him. Um, but personally, just one thing none of you guys have mentioned... I really loved when Peter Parker fell into the movie Midsommar halfway through and he was just in that little Finland village in oh, the yeah. Netherlands. I thought great. that was fucking hysterical. Oh, when so he was, nice. yeah. You guys are so nice here. Where is this? Lupa Lassa Pika. Uh, can uh, you say that again? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Can I borrow your cell phone? Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone's so nice. I'll tell you, like, yeah, I had my criticisms, but the bottom line is it's a Spider-Man movie. I fucking love Spider-Man. There's nothing more cinematic to me than web swinging. Uh... I, I loved it. I, I'm a sucker. I love every Spider-Man movie. Uh, I'm excited for the future of Spider-Man and the MCU, but I think those two things are going to be tied really closely together. Yeah, I mean, he's got to step up into some power vacuum. Uh, my final thoughts are it was good. I love Mysterio. I love the teenage kind of rom-com stuff. Was worked well. Uh, I enjoyed that we did get a Marvel Zombies nod with the Ooh, uh, that was a really cool scene. That was and again, cool. you know, I was saying to Joe off pot, it's cool that it was that it was a skeleton because it's like not you know, Robert he, Downey. Exactly, it's like he would, you know, Mysterio's making that in the moment. He wouldn't be like, oh, it's got to look like Tony, but yeah, dying and blood. <laughs> no, that wouldn't make sense. No, it's quick. Yeah, it was a cool fight sequence. Really, yeah, cool. and that th- those visuals were probably the highlight of the movie for me. Shout out to Ralphie from Christmas Story for making those for Mysterio. Yeah. Good job, Ralphie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my final thought is Marissa Tomei is too pure oh for this world. Oh, my God. And the <laughs> outfits that she had in this one, they were The just, mom swag? Just, wow. Oh, I, was, I was like, they know exactly what they're doing in this movie. Yeah, Peter Tingle. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was getting the Peter Thiel. Hey, uh, Tom Holland has to be getting nervous by how tall Zendaya is getting, right? <laughs> he has to be like, God, I wish I could grow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll get him some Tom Cruise's, I mean, Apple boxes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, this has been Spider-Man Far From Home. Thank you all for listening to Normies Like Us. We always appreciate it. Be sure to give us a like, share, subscribe, iTunes, review, any of that. Word of mouth really helps us a lot. We appreciate the support over this past year. And thanks for swinging by. I've been Mike. Till next time, webheads. I'm Joe. This is Colin. Signing off. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's uh, Cobb here, Jacob. Uh, back for another Cobb's Corner. Um, and if you're wondering why there's been so many Cobb's Corners lately, well, you know, I had some personal stuff. I got, you know, I had a bit of an accident that uh, laid me up for a while. So uh, haven't been able to get on the pod in person uh, lately. Um, so, I, you know, I figured I'd come in here. I'd give you my little opinion and, um, you know, you can do what you want with it. But uh, today we are talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, this is the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. And, uh, you know what? My opinion is, you know, I thought it was a good movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. You know, I thought it was really good. Uh, you know, I would put it top 10 verging on, you know, top five, top six of all the Marvel movies that I've seen, all the MCU movies. Um, I liked Homecoming too. I thought this was better than Homecoming. Um, for one thing, I, I, you know, I love the casting of, uh, you know, Tom Holland. I think he's a great Peter Parker. Um, I love Zendaya. Um, she's a little bit different than a lot of the, uh, you know, female love interest to a superhero movie that, that you kind of get in a lot of these. And, you know, she has a, a little different of a personality and I, and I like that a lot. I think she's, she's a good actress. Um, let me think here. Oh, and let's talk about Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, love it. Love Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and I love what they did with Mysterio in this movie. Uh, because the thing is, well, you could go into this movie not knowing anything about Mysterio from the comics or anything like that. And the twist would probably kind of get you because, you know, he seems like such a great guy in the beginning. And I actually like the dynamic that he had with Spider-Man when he was a good guy. And I was just kind of like, oh, man, I wish he would just stay a good guy because, you know, he's great. But I think what they, you know, if you know Mysterio from the comics, he's all about illusions and, you know, that kind of thing. And I think the way they kind of modernized that to MCU using technology and stuff, I think it's genius. Like what they did with Mysterio was the perfect way to put Mysterio into the MCU and have it make sense. Um, so I'm a big fan of that. Um, and I also like how they kind of retroactively had him have a backstory with Tony Stark and the whole his whole team, you know, being disgruntled Stark employees. I thought it worked. I thought it really worked. Um, and, oh, the, the scene where, you know, Peter goes to uh, Berlin and there's that illusion scene. Oh, my God. That's some of the best. Like, that's some of the best stuff I've ever seen in a Marvel movie, to be honest. Like, I love that so much. Um, so Mysterio is great. Jake Gyllenhaal, Tom Holland, Zendaya. And, oh, you know what? I think all of the, the chemistry between all of the classmates of Peter really works for me. Um, I kind of almost, like, I think it fits well within the Marvel Universe, but I kind of almost wish that Spider-Man was his own thing so that he didn't have the whole baggage of the MCU dragging it down because I just feel like the the classmates, they had such a such a genuine chemistry that it really really worked for me. Um, but in the, in the same regard, I think the whole, you know, being after the blip, Tony Stark being dead and that kind of hanging over everything, um, with Peter, you know, trying to reconcile this, you know, uh, Tony is kind of like the uncle Ben of this universe to, to Peter. He's kind of a father figure. And then 
tragically dies, and then Peter has to figure out where to go from there. And also there's all this pressure of everyone wanting to make him the next Iron Man and all this. And he's like, but I'm just a high school kid. I just want to be a high school kid, go on a trip with my friends, and I got this whole save the world baggage. And you know what? That stuff really worked for me. And that's not really something that has been done before in an MCU movie. You know, a lot of you know a popular complaint about the MCU is that a lot of their movies get kind of similar. Well, this is a kind of a different take on on a superhero because it's just a normal high school kid, and I think that's what I think that's what really worked about the uh, Sam Raimi movies with uh, Tobey Maguire. Um, even though he didn't really look like a high school kid, especially in two and three, but it, they kind of got at the same themes. But I think it almost worked better in this movie because Tom Holland does look so young. And all of his classmates, they really look like they could be in high school, even though Tom Holland, I think he's like 22. But still, uh, it, it all really worked for me. And the setting up, and not just Zendaya, but, you know, his friend, um, the other minor classmates, even like Martin Starr and J.B. Smooth as the, uh, the teachers. I just I thought that all really worked. And it was very genuine and believable. And then you throw in the, the Tony Stark dead and Peter Parker's seeing him everywhere and he just can't get him out of his head and he's got to live up to this, you know, this ideal that he can't possibly live up to. I just think all that really, really worked for me. Um, yeah. So Mysterio, great. One thing I will say about Mysterio, while, you know, I like both Vulture and Mysterio in the MCU, I thought they both had, you know, good uh, characters. I do think that it's interesting that they kind of went with the same thing where Vulture is a not a former, well, was he a former Stark employee? I don't remember, but he's someone who, he lost his job to Tony Stark because he's a, you know, he's salvaging after the first Avengers movie and then Tony's guys come in. I, I believe that's how it goes. Might be wrong there, but, um, so he kind of loses his job due to Tony Stark. And then you kind of do the same thing with Mysterio, but in a different way. And I think it's different enough that it works for me. And also, I mean, Michael Keaton was great in Homecoming. Um, but yeah, it's really I think it really works how they tie it into the larger universe while still keeping Peter as a, you know, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh and then I did want to talk about the after credit scenes. Those were some of the biggest, you know, in terms of, you know, uh ramifications on the the you know, the future plot, some of the biggest uh after credit scenes we've ever seen. Specifically, you know, when who is it? It's J. Jonah Jameson, and it's, of course, J.K. Simmons returning from the Sam Raimi movies. Um, and he's almost kind of an Alex Jones character. I don't know if I'm, you know, the only one to notice that. I think it was kind of obvious, but uh, he's really doing an Alex Jones kind of persona. And he reveals Peter Parker's identity in front of everybody. And then, you know, turns out Mysterio has this whole plan, even though he's dead, to frame Peter. Uh, really excited to see where that goes. Um, yeah. And then, and then of course we find out that, you know, Nick Fury and Maria Hill aren't even in this movie. They're actually scrolls. Uh, that's just more, you know, a little bit fun, but I did think that was funny. Um, but overall, yeah, I really thought it was a great, uh, great movie. Um, I put it up there. Well, I think my top, my favorite, uh, MCU movies of all time, I would put Thor Ragnarok up there. I would put, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier up there. I put Guardians 1 and 2 up there. And I would put, you know, Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home. And I just think it really worked out really well. And so this might be recency bias, but it probably cracks my top five, honestly. So looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, looking forward to the future of the Marvel Universe, where that goes. Uh, Thor... Four, really looking forward to that one. Um, yeah, so can't think of anything else to say at the moment. So this is Jacob signing off. Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman. And if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes. And you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.